0: Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our series on Christ the Christmas King. And we're going to be concluding this series here today. And what we're going to be looking at is, well, how Christ actually returns triumphantly as the King of kings and Lord of lords, we know that Christmas is all about the first coming of Christ. It's about that incarnation where Jesus Christ puts on flesh and he dwells among men, that the King is born. But we also know that Jesus Christ, he, well, he grew up. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He went and he died on the cross to redeem us from our sins he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. And then, after that, he was seen by many people, and he ascended up into heaven. But he is coming again. You know, the first incarnation, that 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 first coming of Christ, it does foretell and give a shadow of that second coming of Christ, which is just incredible to look at. And our scripture reading here this morning is is one that's a little bit different, perhaps for Christmas time. We're going to be reading Revelation chapter 19, and we're really going to be looking at verses 11 through 15 uh, are, are kind of going to be our key texts here. Well, or uh, yeah, 11 through the end of the chapter maybe, but um, but we're going to read the whole chapter of Revelation chapter 19, and it says this starting in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 19. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged her on her the blood of the servants shed by her. Again, they said, Alleluia! Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down, and they worshipped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen! Alleluia! Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise God, all you His servants and those who fear Him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and the sound of the mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God Omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arraigned in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then He said to me, Right, "'Blessed are those who are called "'to the marriage supper of the Lamb.' "'And he said to me, "'These are true sayings of God, "'and I fell at his feet and worshiped him. "'But he said to me, "'See that you do not do that. "'I am a fellow servant and of your brethren "'who have the testimony of Jesus. "'Worship God for the testimony of Jesus "'is the spirit of prophecy. "'Now I saw heaven opened,' And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and his head on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself, and he was clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and he called, uh, and his name uh, is called the Word of God, and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of the mouth, out of his mouth, goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, All the birds that fly in the midst of heaven come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of the kings and the flesh of the captains and the flesh of the mighty men and the flesh of the horses and of those who sit on them in the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their great armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then... The beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These, too, were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with a sword which proceeds from the mouth of him that sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh." Now, the first coming of Jesus Christ, what we celebrate at Christmas time, is of course a story that the angels go and proclaim peace on earth. Now, peace, it's an aggressive force against the enemy. It is an aggressive force that is against the enemy. And when Jesus came, the light of the world, he became an aggressive force against the dark dominion of the devil. And he destroyed the dominion of devil and destroyed the work of sin when he came and he died on the cross, making a way of salvation for us. And we proclaim that message. That, that is the message of the incarnation. The message of Christmas is that a savior is born. God with us. Man, this gets me pumped up. But. We also cannot forget that there is another message, a message that came to Joseph, a message that came to Mary, a message that was prophesied in Isaiah chapter nine, that it was a king that was to be born. This is the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. This is the, in a way. The, well, it is for sure a fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. But but it is this idea that that there is a king who is born. And of course, a king is somebody who threatens anyone else who would who would, who would dare just build their kingdom. Just ask Herod as he went and he murdered all these children, trying to kill Jesus Christ, because his kingdom was threatened. And little did he know that he should have just bowed down, kissed the son, because Jesus is not just merely a king. He is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. And that king was born that day in Bethlehem. That king was the one whom whom Mary. Held in her hands. And when it comes to Christmas time, we proclaim this message there is a Savior who is born, Emmanuel, God with us, King of kings, Lord of lords, and He made a way of salvation. So it's time to find peace with God by going and believing in Jesus Christ and repenting of your sins and turning to Jesus, turning away from those sins and coming to Him. That is the message of Christmas. But the message of Christmas also continues to ring out, and it has another side of it, that there is still a king who was born, and that king is returning. He is coming back. And of course, here in Revelation chapter 19, we get an incredible description of the king of kings, of the Lord of lords, of Jesus Christ himself, when he comes back a second time onto this earth. First of all, we see that he comes triumphant. He's riding a white horse. He's riding a white horse, and this is a sign of, of, of being triumphant. He doesn't come in in weakness, but in great strength. You know, the first time that Jesus came, the first time that the king came to this earth, he was, was, came in weakness. He came in weakness. He came as a, a baby. He came putting on flesh. He came in a way where, where he became a bondservant and became obedient even to the point of death. Well, the second time he comes, he doesn't come in that kind of weakness. He comes in an incredible power and strength and in victory as he rides a horse. Christ comes as a winner. And it says here in verses 11 through 13, now I saw the heavens open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him, it says that he's called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and he makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name that was written that no one knew except himself. See, he's called faithful and true, and isn't it a great comfort of those who are on his side that he is faithful and he is true. He is coming back, and he is truly coming in victory in everything Jesus does. He is faithful, and he will complete it, and he is true in what he says is not a lie. He also comes in righteousness, and he judges to make war. You know, he does it for the right reasons. The war that he comes and he brings, it's not for the wrong reasons. It's not an unjust war, but, but it is a just war that he is coming to bring judgment upon the wicked and he comes to judge those and all those who have who have opposed God, who have been against God's law, who, who mock and laugh God. We, we see this in our time uh, all the time in our in the day and age that we live. We see this all the time. People going and mocking and laughing and, and, and going against God, living their life completely against him. Well, Jesus comes back. And he comes back to judge them in righteousness and then to make war against the nations that, that would dare shake their fist at Jesus Christ. Which, of course, if you, you've lived, you know, for longer than just three years, you know, in 2020, every nation upon this earth made war against Jesus Christ when it says your, your, your church, your body it's, it's no longer necessary. It's not of necessity. It's not important. Shut it down. Every nation on the earth did that. Wow. Think that made Jesus happy? Think that made the King of kings and the Lord of Lord happy? Absolutely not. And how will he look? Was well, going to have eyes like a flame of fire. Of course, that indicates judgment. He's going to have many crowns on his head. He is the king of kings. No one knows a name except for himself. This is that idea of transcendence. He is above us. He wears a robe that is, uh, that is dipped in blood. He comes with a purpose. You know, Jesus, the first time he came, he came, he was born to die. But the second time when he comes, he comes to make war. And of course, out of his mouth proceeds a sword, which is the word of God. Wow. Wow. This is the king that comes back. And of course, it goes and it says here at the the end, and he has on his robe and on his thigh, a name written in verse 16. King of kings and Lord of lords, and then we hear this great story, this great great tale of this victory that that happens, where all of those where, where the the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast. Uh, into hell and we see that there is a sword that proceeds out of Jesus's mouth and all those that oppose him are slain by the sword, by the word of God that proceeds out of out of Jesus's mouth. It just goes and it slays all of them so much so that all of the birds on the entire earth are are called to come forth to eat of this great meal. But I want to focus here on King of kings and Lord of lords, and that is who Jesus is. He is the King of kings. You know, all we have authority over, ultimately Jesus has authority over us. He, this is that concept of being a King over kings or a King of kings. There are those who have authority. There are those on this earth who have authority, but Jesus has authority over them. All things are under his feet. All things are under his authority. There's not a person, there's not a regime. There, there is there is not a nation upon this earth. That there is no dictator, there is no president, there is that there is no king, there is no monarch, there, there is no prime minister, that there is no Congress, there is no judge that walks the face of this earth that does not have a responsibility to submit to Jesus Christ. He is over them. That is implicit. And when we say that he is king of kings and Lord of lords, that is what that means. And when we say that he is Lord of lords, it means that he is Lord over all. See, it's not just that he is over everyone in a political sense. It's not just that he is over the prime ministers, the judges, the, uh, the, the Congress, the um, the kings, the presidents, it's not just that he is over them. But if you would be Lord over anything, if you would have any authority over anything, if you would have anything of yourself, well, Jesus is Lord of Lords. He is over you too. It is that you have the responsibility that you have the duty to go into bow your life in every area of your life to this Christmas king who was born two thousand years ago. and we are to go and to bend our knee to Jesus. See it tells us this in in Philippians chapter two. Verses 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This is the first time that Jesus came. It's what it's talking about. But then it says this in verse 9. And therefore, because he came, And therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, when we look at the message of the Christmas King, There is a truth here that Jesus not only should be king of our life, Jesus not only should be king of our occupation, Jesus not only should be king of our possessions, Jesus not only should be king of our decisions and our relationships, but Jesus is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. You see, the message that is implicit in Christmas when we look at the royalty of Jesus Christ, that there was a king who was born, is that the king returns. And when he returns, he makes war. The first time he came, he came to make a way of peace between you and God. And so the message of Christmas is that Jesus made a way for you to be saved. And you need to accept that salvation because he's coming back. And when he comes back, he brings a sword, and you want to be behind him. You certainly don't want to be in front of him when he bears that sword. That is the message of Christmas. That is the message of the Christmas king. There is a king that was born, and he comes back, and everything is under his rule. So you best bow your knee now and confess with your mouth now that Jesus Christ is King of Kings, that He is Lord of Lords to the glory of God the Father. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8 and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.